0: The reading is from uh, John chapter 15, and it's from verses 9 to 17, and if you're looking in the few Bibles, it's page 1,083. As the Father has loved me, so I, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has has no one known than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. For you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that were lost, and so that, whenever you, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command: love each other.
1: For reading to us, uh, Christopher. Um, I think uh, we've explained that we we started a new series uh, last week looking at the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. And to set the series going last week, we looked at Jesus' teaching in the first bit of John chapter 15 where he speaks about himself as the vine and his disciples as branches. Because they are connected to the vine, in other words, because they have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, and they're cared for by God the Father as the farmer or gardener, because that's true, Jesus was saying they will bear fruit. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will produce a crop or harvest in our lives in a a small family firm you can imagine all the members of a family being committed to the one product Uh, for example if this were the case team scott producing their famous brownies and simon does the cooking and the children are deployed to do the packaging and susu does the marketing it would be something like that might it be Now, the fruit of the Spirit is not a product as such, but in a similar way, all three members of the Trinity are teamed up to produce this fruit in you if you're a follower of Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it's an amazing work that all three persons of the Trinity are undertaking in our lives. So much by way of introduction. We had that last week, the little uh, uh, paragraph at the start or two at the start of John chapter 15. Our series now is going to take nine weeks looking at each of those amazing character qualities or virtues, whatever you want to call them, beginning with love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And we originally decided that we would just carry on where we left off in John chapter 15 because Jesus so clearly identified love as the great harvest, as he developed the image of the vine-bearing fruit. So it's the night before he died, it lends great weight to what he's saying. He's going, they will be left, what are they to do? Well, if he had to headline one thing, here it was. The last verse we had read by Christopher, this is my command, love each other. The truth is we could have chosen any number of Bible texts, or quite a few of them anyway. I thought of Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 as one possibility where we would give our time this morning. That as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, the Christians in Colossae are to clothe themselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Actually that sounds a lot like the list for the fruit of the spirit does it not but instead of putting love first um, as Galatians 5 does there he holds love over to the end Colossians 3.14 says over all these different virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity and I suppose it's a slightly different metaphor it's the metaphor of clothing so it's not the fruit of love there this is time it's the overcoat of love which we're to put on. Um, so that was one option to look at Colossians chapter 3. The one I've ended up going for is actually 1 Peter 4. And I need you to turn to that, please. Um, I think it's on in the 2000s, so near the end of the Bible, in the end of the New Testament. Uh, no, not in the 2000s, not quite. 1, 2, two oh. I am mathematically challenged. I I don't know many Bibles that have 2,000 pages in them, but this one doesn't. 1, 2, 2, 0. And Peter's writing this letter, the Apostle. And like Paul, like Jesus. Again, he puts love into prominence. He's near the end of his letter. What's he going to leave them with? A call to love. Let me look at... uh, Verse 8 with you. Above all, he says, love each other deeply. And what a word that is for us today with the chill winds of war in multiple regions of the Middle East. Or come back home in your minds, uh, where it takes a a TV dramatization of the post office scandal to waken the national conscience slumbering for years. About that particular miscarriage of justice and the misery that's been caused. Christians sometimes talk about the better story that we have to tell. And surely, a community which can love each other deeply, in the language of 1 Peter 4, verse 8, has something to offer our world. I mentioned last week, I think, that I was really thankful for our church's New Year's Eve party. I counted up over 80 people there, from toddlers to 90 plus years old. And there they were, they were glad to be in each other's company. That's uh, a little mark, hopefully, of the uh, new community that the church can be. I was hearing yesterday how, um, I don't know if this is going to ring bells with people or not, but there was a show in the 90s that I used to watch with, my then youth group as a curate, called Gladiators, and it's been relaunched. I don't know if it'll be the same and successful as it was. It used to be an ITV package, now it's on BBC. But they were unpacking what the appeal of a show like that was, and it's supposedly a show with games and the host reappearing each week. They were saying that that sort of activity creates a sense of community, and people crave that. I actually think that the hit show of the moment, which uh, you've possibly heard people speaking about, or dare, dare I say it, even witnessed, is called Traitors, um, that's the same sort of thing, where, as viewers, you're sitting in on a dream house party with 22 others. Um, I said to the, the 9 o'clock, so 9.30 service, think church weekend away. Well, there's elements of the show on Traitors, it's a bit like that, I think, um, And we get to like them, the characters, 22 other people there. We feel their pain when one of them has to leave the show. That sort of thing happens in this kind of reality TV, doesn't it? And it's a little snapshot of the sort of community that we crave and feel we don't have. And alongside that, Peter says, here's a better story. Love each other deeply. It's a better story, isn't it? Not a a superficial, unreal bond in some glam highland castle you could never hope to live in, but an inner, deep, supernatural love. A love which lasts. And if that's our experience in the Church of Christ, we really have something to offer in the cosmic, broken home, which is our world where a fractured relationship with Almighty God has left so many other relationships struggling. Whether that's talking about old folk who have no company but their TV, or at the other end of the age range, screen screenagers, who relate better to their phones than their family. We've got something better to offer. So, what fruit is the Holy Spirit wanting to grow to maturity in us? I mean, if I say love, just those four letters, that probably doesn't communicate too much. We've got to unpack it a bit more than that. What's it mean to love each other deeply? Well, let's continue in 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read the next bit of the passage to look at the picture he gives of that love. So, starting at verse 8 again, I'll read two or three verses there. Above all, he says, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I've got three uh, headings to help us get to grips with those few verses. First, love pardons. Love each other deeply, he says, because love covers over a multitude of sins. I think that's a perspective we easily forget. We're not naturally inclined to think of all saints as a multitude of sins because we're a multitude of sinners. But, That's the way the New Testament encourages us to think about ourselves. The New Testament just assumes that if God brings people together, if he brings us together, then part of the struggle in being close to each other is that we will see that we are all deeply, deeply flawed. Curious enough, we maybe wouldn't see it if we weren't closely involved in each other's lives. And perhaps that's why sometimes people don't really want to be part of a close Christian fellowship. It's too revealing of what they're like under the surface, so they keep at a distance. But if we take that decision, well, you can't help me with my sin, I can't help you with your sin, unless we get closer to each other. And that's why, of course, that the hardest relationships are often with those we are closest to So think of the family, those we love most, are often the ones that cause us most pain. We become aware of someone's sin when we share a a bedroom or a bathroom or a bank account with them. And I've said before, this text can save a marriage, potentially. Love covers over a multitude of sins. By which I don't mean pretending they aren't there, but that whole discipline of refusing to keep scores. We mustn't keep each other's sins on file for future use as evidence. What's an absolute certainty is that there are a multitude of sins in a gathering like this. (coughs) And that's no hindrance to God's love necessarily. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knows the worst about us, better than we do ourselves. That was why Jesus Christ went to the cross, with your sin in mind, to take the punishment that that sin deserves. He loves us, sinners though we are. And with that love in mind, it would be completely wrong for us to withhold that kind of forgiveness from each other. Our sin mustn't be a barrier to loving each other. I like the story about a man who'd been found out in some pattern of sin and he was talking to his vicar about it and he was terrified that it would be the end of his relationship with the vicar they were friends and the clergyman just said to him not to worry I've always known you were a sinner he said the only thing that's changed is that you've given me the details now love covers over a multitude of sins it pardons Second heading, love welcomes, and I'm learning that really from verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Uh, it, It sounds potentially, as you just read it, read the word sort of ballsy like that on the page. It might sound rather middle class, but this isn't friends entertaining friends to swanky dinner parties. It's literally... It's a love of strangers. And that was a practical necessity in Peter's day, where Christians traveling between churches would often arrive somewhere knowing nobody and with nowhere to stay. So in our day, it will sometimes involve food, but that's not just saying, here's a chance to show off all the skills you've learned watching the Great British Bake Off. It's got to be much more everyday than that, normally. Food, I'm thinking of it like this. Food equals time, doesn't it? Apart from anything else. And being in and out of each other's homes for meals means being involved in each other's lives. Or it involves having people to stay, perhaps. Um, I don't know if that's a a realistic thing, but I guess we do it. it. It's usually pretty inconvenient having people to stay, moving the children out of the bedrooms in our case and bunging them on inflatable mattresses so that a spare bed can be made up. But I was trying to look on the bright side. It's a very helpful lesson for them to learn occasionally to do that. Hospitality's got to extend to other things like welcoming people to church. Um, They all looked shocked when I said this at the 9.30 service how important it is that we are not a friendly church and you look puzzled Okay, I'm saying don't let's be a friendly church if by that we mean we're friendly to each other the regulars know each other well we want that but often the friendliness that we ex- exercise towards each other is at the cost of people that are new or visiting not being welcomed I think some of us really are great at this. You meet somebody who's new one week. That's fantastic. And then you make sure that the next time you see them, you carry on with the start you have already made so that they feel really welcome. and They don't have to feel like every week they're starting all over again. Um, You can think of multiple applications to this whole attitude of the welcome of hospitality. Love, welcome. Now here's the point. Hospitality like that is modeled on God's love for us. He welcomes the stranger. He's the one who's got a feast prepared in heaven for us. Uh, He's at the door saying, come on in. In fact, he pursued and came after us to get us to the party. Now that is the divine dynamic of love, And it's generous in God's case. He did it without grumbling about the cost. And so must we. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So love welcomes. And lastly, love works. Or love serves. I'm not committed to that exactly. I'm getting it from verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Um, The Met Office have been predicting that cold snap, haven't they? I guarantee guarantee they say it's coming this week. It's possibly what they call a a snow bomb. Is that what they're calling it now? When God sends a snowstorm, uh, you know this, don't you? He delights in variety. Variety. Every single snowflake is different, so they say. It's only human beings, when we freeze water, who make ice cubes. The church is to be a testimony to God's delight in variety. We're all different by nature anyway. But God's intention is that natural variety that we have is actually added to by different spiritual gifts that each of us have. And that within the diversity of the church... We all work together. Um, We can't get along on our own. We need each other. And love serves. Love works to achieve that uh, unity amidst the variety. So the loving thing is for us all to serve as stewards of God's many splendid grace. Now if we were to read on in 1 Peter 4. He highlights a couple of types of gifts there. Speaking gifts and serving gifts. But notice in both cases how God is the giver of what they're called on to do. If anyone speaks, he says, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. God speaking his word through them. And I having to dream up something to say to each other. God's word is governing the speaking gifts. And then if anyone serves... They should do so with the strength God provides. God's giving them the strength to serve. So in the case of the speaking gifts that he mentions, what an honor it is that God should entrust his message to us to be communicated. What a privilege that is. I wonder if that's the way you think as you're preparing a Bible study or thinking what you can share from your own devotional time with somebody else in a message you send them or a card that you send them. Um, I I think always in those exercises uh, there is a a love and reciprocity that's involved, is there not? So that anybody who's sharing the word in whatever way and those who are receiving the word encourage each other in that exercise. That's an indication that God is at work in that particular gifting, the speaking gifts. I always notice that in a midweek Bible study that goes well that it's not just the leader that's got a platform to speak on, there's mutuality and love in that gifting. In the case of what he calls specifically serving gifts, how reassuring again that God will give us what it takes to do what needs to be done. I must say, time and again, I rest in that as a church leader. It always feels like we're short of people who can do all the different jobs which need to be done for a busy church life to be carried on. But actually, when I look back, in fact, my experience is that God always gives us all the people and all the help and strength that we need. Sometimes at the last minute, sometimes he keeps us praying for a while. But if we're supposed to do something, he gives what we need. And that's a a little nudge to say to yourself, don't let yourself off serving just because it will be tough and you feel weak. If anyone serves, says Peter, they should do so with the strength God provides. And looking out on the congregation, I know that some of you feel that a lot of your active service days are over in one sense. Well, don't discount the abilities that God can still give you as an elder states person. To encourage and pray for people. I love the fact that I meet on Wednesdays with a quite an elderly group. But they're always asking about the children's work at the church. They can't run around with the children in quite the way they once used to. But they're serving. And it's wonderful to know they still can in that way. Love serves. Or well, maybe I should change the emphasis a bit. Love serves. I think so often in church life we keep the service but we lose the love which alone can be the real engine in the service. And this is talking about God giving the strength that we need for that kind of love. I notice it in the way we sometimes talk about rotors in church life. Um, Susu, my wife, made a brilliant point chatting the other day with me saying we ought to have a campaign not to talk about rotors. For the different activities of the church, but to talk instead about teams. I'm on the rotor. No, think differently. I'm on the team for the flowers or whatever it is. A rotor is something that gets churned out by a computer, but God's family doesn't run on computer algorithms. The love which is grown by the Holy Spirit is a love which serves. And you think of the activities which are going well in church life, it is where there is a buy-in by people because it's a team activity in the way people are operating. That's how God strengthens us and strengthens the team to serve. And where that team bond is missing, the service usually withers. I put down a little bit about safeguarding here. I don't know whether that's something that is resonating with us as a, a congregation, in quite the way it would, where there are lots of different teams needing safeguarding happening, like the All Saints Kids activities. But I mention it because it's a church wide concern that we ought to be praying about, certainly. Um, the PCC are leading the charge on this, I can say. We've had, I think, PCC members have had to, to work at qualifying with three different online courses we're required to have. And we're at the point now where we are up to speed. But if you think about one course being a couple of hours' work and effort to do, that's a a significant undertaking. And it's very easy with that sort of thing happening in your life for you to feel, oh, safeguarding. We feel it's a burden um, that that online course is one more thing I've got to do. Or filling in the form and writing a reference for somebody to serve on the kids teams is another thing that's uh, too much to do Uh, it's hard, hard work finding the time to do that finding the utility statement I've got to find to do this, something else to do, but see that as a service as part of our love and the whole outlook is different isn't it it's not an add on safeguarding it is part of our love for the vulnerable and God is committed to caring for the vulnerable. Thank God he is like that. Because I might need that myself tomorrow. So fill out the form out of love. Safeguarding is just part of something much bigger and better. It's part of everybody loving and serving each other in the church, including uh, the most vulnerable and needy. Okay, that is... um, Not quite randomly chosen passage. There are plenty of other places we could have looked at. But I think you've seen from those verses. Love pardons. Love welcomes. Love serves. And he, God of course, is the origin of that kind of love. When God gives us that kind of love. Even in a hostile world as it was in Peter's day. We will be telling a better story. And what a witness it will be. Do you see how he ends there? If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's, It's to his glory. It's a great witness. This is the better story that the world needs to hear from us. And we could have got that from John chapter 15, those words that Christopher read earlier. This is to my Father's glory, said Jesus, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The kind of love I've shown, Jesus is saying, is witnessed in you. You love as you've been loved. So says Peter, love one another deeply. Well, let's pray that it would be so. Um, I wonder if I could get you by way of praying. Do you mind praying the collect again? You've already prayed it once? Flip it up in the uh, services, if you would, and we'll say it again together. I just thought, I can't express better than these words. Um, Both the poverty of our nature, we can't do this by ourselves, can we? And you're perhaps feeling slightly bashed from the the pulpit. Um, We can't do it, but he can. The riches of his grace can meet that need in us for his working in our lives. Can I invite you to say this as a prayer again? Let's pray together. Almighty God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature By the riches of your grace and in the renewal of our lives make known your heavenly glory through Jesus Christ your son our Lord. Amen.